welcome to Excuse My ADHD, a podcast for adults with or who think they may have ADHD. I'm your host, Jeanette, and this is my journey. Hello, and welcome to Excuse My ADHD, episode number six, Try. I'm your host, Jeanette, and I'm navigating ADHD one distraction at a time. Today's episode is about grief after diagnosis. So if you're a first-time listener, thanks for tuning in, and if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. I really appreciate it. Um, So before I get into this episode, I just want to give you a little bit of preface here because I wrote and recorded the episode a while back when I was in the middle of you know, writing it and getting everything put out. I was on a Facebook group for pod women podcasters, and I came across um, this a thread that everybody can go to when they're looking for someone to interview or some they want to be interviewed. And it's a way to make a lot of connections, especially in this industry. And I found um, Shelby for Scythia. She's a really wonderful person. I just spoke to her the other day for our interview, and I just I can't wait to get it out to you guys. But she told me some things about grief during the episode that made me change the whole way that I look at grief. So after listening to what I wrote and recorded here, it is a pretty stark contrast to how I feel now. But I still think it's important to get it out there because it's how I felt at the time. And we're allowed to change our minds, right? So enjoy. The thing is, I feel like the road to acceptance of my diagnosis has been more like the process of grieving. They say there are five stages of grief. Denial and isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, obviously... This isn't grief like you would experience with the loss of a loved one. But I think it is grief in that we mourn for the loss of the life we could have had, the person we could have been. I mean, even the person that we were right before we found out. Now, before you start, don't I don't need a lecture about, oh, you shouldn't dwell in the past or whatever it is you want to say. I know that tons of people out there are fine, they have ADHD, they accept it, they move forward full speed ahead with a treatment plan, others are kind of lackadaisical about it, and people like me take a little bit of time to fully accept it, and I think part of that has to do with where you are in your life when you get diagnosed, as opposed to, you know, if you were diagnosed as a child, or high school, or college, or after having kids, or even, you know, past midlife where you're ready to retire, it really, it changes your life and your perception of yourself. And so in my case too, though, I think part of why acceptance is a little more hard one is that I have OCD and constantly obsessing over things is how they could have been different and analyzing and tearing everything apart is OCD's favorite way to torture me. Another part is because, you know, my depression, once I start down that what if road, it quickly affects my emotions and how I'm feeling. 
you know, something as simple as a missed appointment could spiral me into this Bermuda Triangle that I get stuck in for whatever period of time, a few hours, a few days, because all of that guilt, all of that shame just comes up and it makes me feel like, you know, I can't do anything right. Why can't I do anything right? But anyway, so let's break it down. I already told you about stage one for me and all the denial I went through and even now still on occasion deal with. I want to think I'm fine. I'm normal. This is just how it is for everyone. And then once I start accepting that it's not this hard for everyone, I start to get angry, like irrationally angry too, because I'm angry at everyone. I'm angry at all the doctors, all my teachers I ever had and my parents because no one knew. And looking back, it seems so obvious, like this ugly flashing neon sign above my head with an arrow pointing to me, ADHD here. I feel like it's not fair. I want to throw a temper tantrum like a toddler and shout at the top of my lungs and say, why? There's so many whys. But the irrational part is I know why. I wasn't the hyperactive kid. I was an attentive type. I was fairly quiet. And even at times I was the shy girl. And that doesn't fit the stereotype. In the late 80s, early 90s, you know, I was outside all the time. I rode my bike everywhere. I pretty much had free reign within shouting distance like most people did, you know, come in before dark. And, you know, I kept myself a lot. I had some friends. I got picked on, teased, made fun of, had a couple of fights. I don't even remember why, really. I lied a lot for no reason about stupid things. I stole things. I remember like I literally stole a chapstick when I was in elementary school from a medicine shop. It was a pharmacy. I tried drinking and smoking in middle school. I mean, who does all of that? Impulsivity does. That's who. I was defiant and constantly did the opposite of what my parents told me to do. But that's easily explained away as being a preteen or teenager. All of it is. And I hated math in school, but in general, I made okay grades. Never like my brother did, who always had good grades. I was always told that I wasn't living up to my potential, that I was smart but not trying. All of these things make me angry all the time. I got in trouble for doing things that I didn't even know why I was doing them. There was never a good reason either. It was just always, I don't know. And that was the truth. I didn't know. I didn't know why. I did the things that I did or why I couldn't stop myself or why I never stopped to think about what I was doing or what the consequences were. I just did them. I don't know was never an acceptable answer though. And I could never explain that it was the only answer I had. And that makes me angry because my parents were responding like, I think most parents do. I don't know is typically not an acceptable answer. Teachers don't buy it. Your boss won't buy it. The police definitely won't buy it. So if they ask you why you're doing something illegal and you say, I don't know, you're pretty much, yeah, that's not going to fly. But it doesn't make it not true. It just, it's part of that impulsivity. We just don't, can't stop to think all the time. And so the next, I guess there's bargaining. I think this is maybe part of what I get so angry about. It's all the what ifs and the if onlys, like what if my grades were better and I became the lawyer I wanted to be or the chemical engineer or even the marine biologist or meteorologist I dreamt of being of when I was a girl. 
I mean, if only someone knew sooner, I wouldn't have been in three car accidents in a year. Or maybe even ever. I did a lot of this while I was waiting for the results of the test. Or while I've been trying all these different medications to find the one that works. And there's so many ifs and onlys and they stalk you like a panther and then they pounce when you're feeling low or down or when you're feeling shameful or guilty about something that you can't help because you're ADHD. I know that it wasn't that, you know, because people back then, they didn't know as much about it. Women and girls, they're still largely misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed. You know, women mostly are getting diagnosed with depression or bipolar disorder, anxiety. And a lot of times, you know, they may have those. That's true. But at the heart of it is ADHD. So I get mad about that, too. But there's not really anything that anybody can do about it. You know, we've talked about it before. There's doctors that don't believe it. Doctors don't believe it. How is anybody else going to believe it? But I sit here... And I think about when I was a little girl and I'm mad because that little girl didn't have the answers and would sit at night and cry because she could never do the right thing or be good. And she didn't know why she wasn't good enough, why she always felt alone, why she felt so broken and different. And I'm angry and I'm sad And I don't really know if part of that was, you know, me being depressed or a combination of the depression and the ADHD and the OCD of constantly having those thoughts and obsessing about them. But even now I still have them and I still don't really feel deserving of a lot of the things that I have in my life. I feel like I'm an imposter or a fraud and a fake, mostly because I feel like I skated through things. I mean... I took all my classes, I got my MBA, and I guess I feel like a lot of people think that online classes are harder, but for me, being in class was torture, because I can never focus on the lecture. I would always do homework from another class, and so it was pointless for me to even be in a classroom. The only thing about online, the thing that was easier for me was because there were more frequent deadlines. I had more structure in the online courses that kept my procrastination monster in check. For whatever reason though, I feel like I cheated somehow, even though I didn't. I mean, I don't even know if this is making any sense to anyone or if I'm just rambling, but I feel this way at work too. And it's, that's what's crazy about this is I know my stuff. I can tell you pretty much where to find the answer to most questions about NIH grants. I may not know the exact answer to some things, but others I could quote you. People defer to me as the expert in our department in certain subjects, and I own it. And then other times I feel like everyone knows a fake, that I'm a fake. And I mean, come on, talk about contradictions. I'm still working on those feelings and thoughts. But at the same time, I guess I'm I'm starting to own that I have ADHD. I mean, after all, I'm doing this podcast, and so I have to, it's got to be something I'm reading research articles, websites, whatever I can come across, it's helping. Every little bit helps. And I'm learning so much more about myself and how my brain works. Things I never even realized. It's like getting to know an old friend again. You know them, but 
you're learning new things about them. Trying to connect with my tribe has been amazing too. Like feeling connected to people like me that have had the same souls as me. It's just, it's uplifting and it's comforting like being wrapped in a warm blanket because finally you find your place. I subscribe to different Facebook support groups. I'm going to talk therapy. I'm trying to get some coaching on parenting with ADHD because parenting's hard, man. It's so hard. And having ADHD and trying to be a good parent, it's like I could do a whole Pinterest page on how to fail at parenting, I feel like. But aside from the medication roller coaster, I'm also scouring the internet and like looking for tips and tricks to help manage my symptoms because obviously medication doesn't help with everything. It's not some magic potion you take and it makes everything normal. I mean, medication does make everything easier to manage though, so it makes it easier to use the tools because without the medication, at least for me, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't do medication. They don't like it, which is fine. Good for you. And I'm so happy that you don't have to take it because this sucks, but I do have to take it because otherwise I can't stick with anything. I do it for a couple weeks. I skip a day and then that's it. It falls apart. But anyway, I digress. Um, I've still got a lot of work to do, I guess. I mean, I'm kind of just hitting the tip of the iceberg because being diagnosed so late in the game, it's almost like starting over at zero, trying to get everything back on track. It's hard. I think the more I learn, the more I talk to you guys and those in the support groups, the better I'm feeling about things. And acceptance is hard. And getting the negative dark thoughts out of my head and learning to, I guess, give myself a break is going to take time. Learning to acknowledge the things that I've done and I've overcome in my life as the accomplishments that they are is hard for me because I've had a hard time doing that. And it's part of it is because I guess shedding the shame that I've carried for so long and the guilt of always feeling like I'm doing something wrong that when somebody tells me I'm doing it right, it just doesn't feel right. doesn't feel natural. It feels awkward and weird. It's the same way with accepting compliments it's hard after all those years of feeling like a failure and so I'm working on accepting them without belittling them or dismissing the compliment because I mean I feel like we do that a lot too so just keep swimming in the meantime but before I get off here because this is going to kind of be a short episode I just want to kind of give you I guess an update on this stupid medication roller coaster because I am so over it. Adderall hasn't worked yet. I tried three different dose levels, so on to the next one. Currently, the next one is methylphenidate AR, which is generic Concerta because my insurance wouldn't give me regular old Concerta because, you know, insurance. So here we go again with the generics. And apparently the one I am taking has a completely different delivery system for getting the medication into your system, which makes a big difference. And I'll post a link to an article that explains the whole thing about the delivery systems. But if that wasn't enough, the company was also given two options by the FDA in November 2016. And this is straight from the FDA's website, so I'll put a link to that too. 
They were one, to either voluntarily withdraw their products from the market and request that FDA withdraw approval of their products, abbreviated new drug applications, or two, within six months provide data to confirm that their products are bioequivalent to Concerta consistent with the revised draft guidance for industry for bioequivalence testing for these products. So yeah, dealing with that knowledge and the fact that almost every day I take it, I have worsening headaches that are like just stronger and stronger migraines. I've read that, you know, either they will always be a side effect or the headaches will go away after a few weeks. Oh yeah, this is great news. Okay, so I'll give it a month. Mm, Got about a week and a half left. And I feel like it's only slightly better than the Adderall. You know, it's better now than the first week. The first week I felt horrible. Like this wasn't working at all. Like my symptoms were worse. This week though, I'm feeling better about it. I feel like it's working better than the Adderall, but not much. So I keep toying with this idea though of trying Vyvanse ER with another short acting one for the evening at a lower dose to kind of curb some of that irritability that I had. I've heard other people do that. It kind of stops that crash from happening. And then the other option I was thinking about is to try My Day Is, which a lot of people seem to have better luck with than Vyvanse because it doesn't have as bad of a crash. We'll see. I've got about a week and a half, like I said, and then I'll talk to my doctor and see what she says. I hope you guys are having better luck than I am. You know, I feel like time's running out because in just a few months, like literally like a month and a half, I start the worst part of my year, budget season. So I need my medication to work, to have any chance of survival and to be as productive, just to be as productive as my coworkers. And so I don't spend a thousand late nights and weekends working on it. Because last January I was on Vyvanse and there's no way I could have survived without it because not only was it budget, we were using a completely new system to prepare our budgets that was like freaking slower than Christmas and made everything 10 times more difficult. Oh, okay, so I'm done. Anyway, it's midnight and I am really ready for bed. So if you want to hit me up on Facebook or other social media sites, tell me what your diagnosis story is. Tell me what your treatment is. You know, what has, hasn't worked for you. How do you feel like you've accepted your diagnosis or what your process was for getting to acceptance? Just knowing what we're going through, it's helpful because we're all different. But the more you know, the better off you are and the less alone you feel. So let's hear it. I want to know your story. Thank you for listening to Excuse My ADHD. If you like what you hear, don't forget to please subscribe, rate, and leave an awesome review. Show notes and social media links are available at www.excusemyadhd.com. Until next time.